Welcome to Getting Real About Baxter, the podcast where I talk to several experts about the various lakes, streams, and ponds in Baxter State Park and the fish that live in them. I'm your host, Sylvia Hart with Friends of Baxter State Park, and in today's episode, I talk to retired fisheries biologist Nels Kramer, who worked for IFMW for 36 years. He tells me about how he got into fisheries and shows his passion for it through a series of stories. So, what's your story? What's my story? Well, um, I'll give you the short version. (laughs) I was living in South Casco, Mm -hmm. which is downstate, and I was reading a... I assume you want to know how I got into fisheries. So anyhow, I was reading a a sporting magazine, Mm -hmm. sitting outside, and I happened to read an article about... um, um, salmon, landlocked salmon, albino salmon was, mm-hmm. a, was a point of the article, and it said, said that uh, the albino salmon are kept alive at the Casco Fish Hatchery, which happened to be in the same town that I was living in, but mm-hmm. I didn't even know about it. So I went to the hatchery, talked to the hatchery supervisor, and asked him if I could have a job because I loved the fish, and he said that I couldn't, but that if I find a biologist, Maybe they could hire me if I wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. At that point, I wasn't in college. So I went and I found those fellas. They were at the office down in Scarborough. They said, we'd love to hire you, but you have to be going to college before we could hire you under the work-study program. So that afternoon, I enrolled in college at University of Southern Maine, <laughs> at Portland Gorham at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went back uh, once I started college that fall, and they hired me as a temp uh, contractor, mm-hmm. and I worked two years down there. Then I transferred to UMaine, Orono, and I worked uh, doing the same sort of you know field work, contract field work mm-hmm. as they did down there. And um, you know, I uh, eventually I one summer I worked up to Matagamon. The next summer I worked on the West Branch, which was the best two summers of my life. Um, cool. I kept at it, and finally I got a job full time, mm-hmm. moved to Enfield. 1982. Retired in 19, uh, two, 2018. I guess it's like 36 years. Um, <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> best job in the world, uh, bar none. And I had the time of my life. I don't know. That's. Yeah. Um, what drew you to fisheries? Like, what made you say, like, I really want to do that? That's hard. I love to fish. I thought it was just fascinating. I, I guess I, it wasn't until I was an adult that I even realized that there was management involved. I just thought you just went out and went fishing. <laughs> and once I found out that you could actually work with fish, mm-hmm. um, that's what the, the draw was. And you work outside, then, you know, I, I don't know what else. Yeah. What were you most proud of in your entire fisheries career? That's hard. There's a there's a couple of things. W- one of you which can was tell me both. <laughs> you know, one of the w- which was working in the park mm-hmm. and you know at least trying to make a difference. Yeah. And um, I know working with uh, guys like Chris, 
and Dean and uh, Bruce White and you know there's a number of them that yeah. I worked with over my career and you know we are all we are all kind of on the same page as far as what what fisheries in Baxter Park and and um, I don't want to leave anybody out um, um, you know the, the directors, all the, you know, Gene Hawkwater. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of, of uh, Jensen Bissell. Um, a lot of people that I work with that are very, very satisfied to yeah. work with them and understand um, the challenges of not only protecting that resource, mm -hmm. but enhancing the resource so that it's one thing to have a, a beautiful trout pond that's you know very scenic and has wild trout that have never been stocked or influenced by stocking. Yeah. It's another thing to improve the size quality so that instead of catching a whole bunch of four to five inch fish, mm -hmm. that you know you through your management activities you actually increase the size quality so that people are attracted and. You know, it, it's a little more desirable. Yeah. The other thing I'm proud of is Scudic Lake. Um, at one time, that was growing a lot of small salmon. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a smelt population. Part of the whole dynamic of a good, healthy, fast-growing, desirable salmon population mm -hmm. is smelt. Yeah. And so we did. I worked overtime and a lot of people helped yeah. and we moved smelt eggs um, from a whole bunch of uh, smelt runs from all around the region mm -hmm. and spent years and years and years and wow. tried a bunch of different options and different things and eventually we got a good result and we have actually grown the world record landlocked salmon caught in the winter. Whoa! Um, Thirteen pounds, some odd ounces. Now th that's that's subject to change. Somebody else, you know, oh, yeah. another. But we we did have the world record caught on ice fishing trap, you know. So it isn't the largest salmon ever yeah. caught or anything. But you know, they're they're very um, categorized. Mm. But yeah, that was that was a good thing. And they're still that population is still um, producing larger than average fish. Well, so. that's definitely something to be proud so, of. Yeah, yeah. When I said that 13, I mean, that that wasn't the norm. That No, I know. But we get four to six pound fish, which is a good salmon. That, yeah. yes, that's a very good salmon. Um, so how often did you or the department in general interact with Baxter State Park? Quite often. Um, and it was one of those things, it, it represents a large portion of the overall region. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember now how many surveyed lakes and ponds, you know, it's, it's over 300 in the region. Mm -hmm. And Baxter Park has a large number of those ponds. And um, so, and, and, and they are because they have been kept relatively pristine yeah. and untouched as far as um, you know changes to the ecosystem mm -hmm. that that kind of 
steps up the demand to, to really be proactive and, and pay attention. But, you know, I, I'm not sure the percentage. Um, every year we, and, and Kevin and the crew now does the same thing, but you have, uh, you know, a core group. There's some, there's some park waters that are stock, some that are, you know, wild. Um, but you have to go in and evaluate them mm -hmm. um, every year. Not, I mean, we have a rotation, and um, so we uh, we spend quite a bit. You know, two or three weeks. I mean, we typically go in for a three three day stand at a time, yeah. and we'll the park will provide us housing, mm -hmm. and um, we will uh, go in and do a couple of ponds each and every time in. So yeah, we spend quite a bit of time there. And yeah. then then you have, you know, part of Matagammon is ba Baxter Park and Webster Lake and, yeah. you know, Katahdin Lake and then uh, Saudi Hunk. So mm -hmm. some of the larger ponds, lakes in the on the periphery are part as well. And we've spent a lot of time on those. So. Yeah. Um, what was your most memorable experience in the park? That's easy. Um, this would have been 19, uh, 2008 or nine. Uh, doesn't matter. It's in the file. We wanted to go in and resurvey some some waters and and survey some waters for the first time. And there's still waters, believe it or not, that are have not been surveyed. Mm -hmm. And they're when we, when the park, when when the fishery division first came into being, um, you know, there were a lot of waters that uh, kind of rose to the top. They were larger waters, high use. Yeah. So those were the ones that get surveyed first, mm -hmm. um, just because of their um, importance and use and, and that sort of thing. And the same rules apply to the park. So, um, you know. There were a lot of waters in the park that kind of floated to the top, and those were surveyed. And some of the waters that are, you know, five miles into the woods yeah. and maybe five acres, yep. those, and no trails, I mean, those are the ones that are not apt to be... Yeah, they fell to the wayside. Exactly. Yeah. But eventually we attempt to mm -hmm. go in and survey each and every one of those waters. but. Mm -hmm. Um, so long story short, I'm getting off on tangents here, but um, we wanted to go in and, and um, Weed Pond and Pogie, I don't know if you've yep. ever, okay. Um, we were going to walk in and survey them, and we had two crews, myself and a fellow from Ashland. Was kind of, guys used to, or still do, love to come from other regions. Mm -hmm. They ask us, when are you going into Baxter Park? <laughs> We'd like to come help. Yeah. So anyhow, a fellow from Ashland came down, and and, and Brian, who uh, still works here, mm -hmm. and one of our summer assistants. So long story short, uh, we were going to walk in. Well, Jensen Bissell got in touch with me and said, um, you guys are going in on such and such a date. Um, that's in the proximity of when we're having a helicopter come in and flying supplies in to Russell Pond. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like, I can make arrangements for them to drop you off rather than have to walk six miles in and six miles out or mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's a long way. I said, sounds great. So 
we were staying at Troutbrook Farm yeah. and um, got up that morning and the helicopter came in and picked up four of us and took us in and dropped us off in kind of a little boggy area, pretty much between Pogie and Weed. Yeah. And uh, two of us went to the Weed and the other two went to Pogie and um, did the survey for the day and came back. Well, when we got back in the helicopter, um, the ride in was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when we got in, the pilot turned around and said, hey, where you guys like to go on our way out? And I said, well, you know, anywhere you want to take us, because I, I would just love to look at the scenery yeah. from up here. And, and it's, it's a little di different than when you're in a airplane, because you can kind of mm -hmm. go down and, you know, kind of go close to the... So he just took us for a little um, ride down by uh, uh, Wasada Cook and, and Russell and, yeah. you know, on the north side of the, 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 the mountain. I mean, we didn't go, um, you know, escape the mountain or anything. <laughs> but anyhow, we just did a little loop around and went back up. So I guess that was, it sounds kind of simplistic, but it was just a real fun trip. It sounds it. Yeah. Um, Do you know anything about the reclamation of South Branch. Hopefully I said that right this time. <laughs> um, I do not. That happened before. That, uh, I, I, I can't even think of the date right now. You may... I think know? it was in the 50s when they okay. poisoned the water yeah. and then the 60s when they redid the survey about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I Other than reading it in the file at, at one point. Um, yeah. One thing I'll say about South Branch, it wasn't during the reclamation, it was during the big fire mm -hmm. that they had in the, park, in the north side of the park. Mm -hmm. um, if you, uh, the first time I saw it, I was in an airplane, and I've since seen it from, um, from a canoe, but I think it was 1937 or 38 that there was a big fire, mm -hmm. and they were using, you know, um, uh, planes to fight the fire. And yeah. a plane apparently crashed at South Branch. Oh. And part of the fuselage is still in the, <laughs> on the bottom, and then it's probably rusted through by now, but, um, and, and I can remember, you know, Don Dudley? Um, yes. He, yeah. He, yeah. Um, he, I, I think I asked him about that. Um, and he he kind of filled me in a little bit about that history, but yeah, that's it's it's on it's towards the um, connection between the two upper and yep. lower. And, um, I had no idea. Well, and I may have that wrong, but I I believe there's still some parts there. That is really. And if you look at the at least when I got up there in the late seventies, yeah, um, there was a lot of popple. Mm -hmm. you know, in that whole area. And, you know, and I don't know who kind of filled me in on some of this information, but that was a kind of a, a premier species coming up uh, after the, the big fire that um, leveled a lot of that country up in there. Oh, Anyhow, that's cool. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but as far as your quest in the reclamation, I don't know. <laughs> <Hey>, the <other laughs> that goes back cool way. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So how did your department help out the park in the fisheries division? Well, that's a good question. I'm not even sure. Um, we, 
we provided assistance. Mm -hmm. They, they're in the business of, I guess, running the park and <laughs> try to make the experience as good, as fantastic as possible. Mm -hmm. And while some of their, obviously some of their um, rangers are fantastic fishermen, yeah. um, there's not that the institutional knowledge as far as management. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll get back to that in a little while. So anyhow, we just kind of lend, we're just one more tool in their, um, in, in their bag to um, make the experience all the more valuable to their visitors, as well as, and, and probably the first job we have is to protect the resource. Mm -hmm. and. And like I said, it, the, the second part is to enhance the resource where possible. But the first job is to protect it. And, yeah. you know, I guess we lended some assistance in on that front, um, I guess. <laughs> um, can you tell me why the fisheries in the park are so special and um, why they should be preserved the way that they are? Well, um, as time goes on, I think it, it becomes more obvious how special they are. Mm -hmm. You know, a hundred years ago, um, and, and, and today, I mean, you can go to a lot of ponds outside the park mm -hmm. that uh, offer the same level of spe specialness or whatever, <laughs> um, but the park affords that because when there were special regulations put on the park waters when the park took them over. Yeah. Um, again, in, in a lot of cases, they were the same regulations that existed at the time. But there's kind of that, because you have a boundary and you have the ability to, okay, you can't drive up to Russell Pond yeah. and jump out and yeah. you know throw in a, a, a piece of bait, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just that that um, the fact that they're kind of set apart and they are physically protected mm -hmm. um, that that that's the biggest thing. That, yeah. And and again, I think our secondary job with the park was to enhance the resource as far as the um, the size quality, but that's secondary. Yeah. I mean, the first job is to protect that. And mm -hmm. they're, they're wild brook trout, never been stocked um, in most instances. Yeah. Like I said, there's, um, there's six like or seven, yeah, um, seven. <laughs> uh, stocked waters mm -hmm. that um, we, and, and those are in places, well, um, that, uh, for one reason or another, those populations were impacted, mm -hmm. and there are places where those stock fish can't get into other not stocked waters. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's they're just special. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It. Um, 
And, and the, the fact that, you know, then, then you start to talk about the char in Wasada Cook. That's very you know. cool. I just learned about that this year. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, there's some kind of notch it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, the more you, you find out about that. Uh -huh. um, and just, just uh, some of the um, physical characteristics of some of the waters that, uh, you know, you get up into the high elevation and then you get into some places that, you know, are fishless mm -hmm. and, um, and then other places that were fishless and maybe, I don't know if you've ever heard much about the basin ponds. And yeah. Stuff. Oh, okay. That someone put some, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was here kind of right in that same time frame. Oh, uh, I were was a you? student and I remember, um, you know, um, yeah, there's just a lot of little little backstories. I know. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things about what happened in the park that no one really knows about because they're lost in some file somewhere and, you know, this and that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so lastly, if you could offer advice to a student who's looking to work in the outdoors, what advice would you give them? Well, Kind of do what you're doing. <laughs> Show up at a at an office. Mm -hmm. Introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. um, offer to to volunteer if need be. Uh, you know, look for a job. Uh, you know, a, a, a seasonal conservation job. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, spend as much time as you can learning from people. Yeah. Doing what they do. Um, that's what I did. That's what all these, it, 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 after I graduated from college, it took me two years to get a full-time job, mm -hmm. which seemed like forever at the time. Yeah. But I've known people since then. I mean, it's become more competitive and sure. a lot more interest. So I know people that have been five, 10 years out after graduation and they do other jobs, but they try to, you know, keep, yep. uh, it's just a difficult um, field mm. to, to get into. Mm -hmm. And I guess um, there's never dismiss an opportunity mm -hmm. to go out, whether it's, Working at the hatchery, working um, in the field, um, you know, I don't know, you're going to be taking a lot of different classes down at Orno, um, you know, volunteer or, you know, get, get with some of the professors and, you know, see if you can... Um, Go out and shock some strings or something. <laughs> exactly. Do, um, you know, I don't know if Ron, Ron Davis is... is retired, I'm sure, but like the limnology department and, mm -hmm. you know, volunteer to work in the lab, mm -hmm. you know, any opportunity that you have to have someone show you um, how to physically do things. Yeah. And so that when somebody's looking, they look at your resume and they say, boy, they volunteered at the limnology lab, they, you know, 
did the fish sampling mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, anything. The more robust that someone can make their um, resume, the, the better. Yeah. And sometimes you can get a paying job. Sometimes it just, you, you volunteer. Yeah. Um, but, and sometimes it can be excruciating, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it, it can be worth it. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For this episode, I'd like to thank Friends of Baxter State Park, Millinocket Memorial Library, and Nels Kramer for your time and patience. Thank you.